Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Say Your Truth Show. This is another one of the batch of episodes that was recorded at the Hutton and Smith anniversary party. Thanks again to Joel and Melanie Crouchstrunk for their generous use, for allowing us, I guess, to use their offices to record these shows. And this episode, our guest is Tanner Morrison, and we're going to talk about really a lot of what I want to accomplish with this show. We're not necessarily talking about objective quality here. We're talking about subjective. And he brings a beer that he loves that I can't say really holds up for me as far as, hey, this is a beer that I love. But I absolutely understand the sentiment behind loving something, whether it's good or not. At any rate, join us for this journey, and hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to Say Your Truth. I'm your host, Brian Bender. And my guest this episode is Tanner Morrison. Hello, hello. Tanner Morrison is the host, one of the hosts of BrewChat, the, the owner, proprietor of... Uh, creator, founder, it's it's just a mishmash, janitor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, do we dare say a burgeoning BrewChat network at this point? Yeah, or? maybe that, yeah. It, there's a lot of hats yeah. that I get worn by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, I have been uh, the beneficiary or the, I guess, uh, I've been invited on the show more than once and enjoy my time with Tanner. Today, he has brought us, what'd you bring, Tanner? Uh, It's uh, Magic Hat number nine. It's one of my, okay, so it was one of my original beers back when I was in college. It was, it's, for some reason, it was very accessible in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal, I guess, until I moved back here to Chattanooga, and you can't find it hardly. I know you can get it at the Publix on North Market, and then wherever you uh, might have seen it. The yeah. Publix off of uh, Shallowford Road. Yeah, it's the only place I've seen it. And our sponsor for Brew Chat is Riverside, and I've not seen it down there. But yeah, it was one of my first beers during college that so was like, oh, I can get a. Can we swear on here? You can do whatever you okay. like. Uh, yeah, so it was one of the first beers I tried where it's like, oh, I can get fucked up and this tastes good. So, and then, uh, aside from that, it was kind of brew chat or brew, fuck, I can't remember the name now, but yeah, and Stella was a big one. Mm. And then Magic Hat was kind of the next one. Stella's kind of gone the way, it doesn't taste the same, but Magic Hat is one to me that has kept the taste. Kind of your first non-macro. Non-macro, and it's actually, it's sustained and been consistent with the taste over 10 years. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. And, uh, yeah, I, I do remember it used to be basically, you know, I'd consider it ubiquitous around here. It was mm. super easy to find. You'd see it everywhere. And, yeah. Uh, I was kind of like you when you when you mentioned you want to do it. I'm just like, man, I haven't seen that in a store for a while. Can we even get it? Yeah. Because distribution changes frequently, mm. and the beers that are available change, but... Tanner, you said, told me where to find it. I went and found it, and here we go. Yeah. So is there anything, before we get into it, is there anything, like, specific you can say about it as far as why this is uh, a beer that you've got a, a, an affinity for? Well, I can narrow it down to a day of just the day that I realized, like, okay, I really genuinely like this beer, and it was 
the week of finals, my junior year of college, I had finished my finals for that week. I had worked it out where all my finals, I was done. I mean, it's finals week, but I was done by Tuesday or Wednesday. So, and early Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember which day, but later that day, me and my buddy Brett, we were like, hey, we're done with finals. Let's party. Everybody else is doing finals. And we went and bought some Magic Hat beer. And that's when I first realized like, whoa, this is a good beer. This is what a good beer can be, but I can also have a good time drinking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we crack it open and see what yeah. we find? I have had this beer before, but I have not had it so long. I don't think I could tell you anything about it. Well, uh, I remember there's a sweetness to it. That's what I always attribute. And then there's also, there's always an, I don't know, I don't know to call it an anecdote or what it is, but on the cap, it says, beware of ducks in raincoats. Whatever that means. Just some kind of, almost your fortune yeah. cookie, some sage yeah, advice. Yeah, a fortune cookie-esque thing under the cap. So he's looking at uh, brilliantly clear, almost orangey gold. Yep. Whitehead, don't have a lot of retention here, but that's fine. Definitely some stone fruit on the nose. And I think when I looked this up, I do think that, I see this is classified as a fruit beer. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of apricot. I believe that is, and and I was curious to see how much of that comes through here. See, do you read the flavor text on here, or? You can th- do this. Yeah. You're my guest. You do okay. what you like. Okay. Like, number nine is sort of dry, crisp, refreshing, and whose mysterious and unusual palate will swirl across your tongue with subtle notes, uh, subtle notes of fruit and floral hot bitterness. Beyond that, we dare not tell you more. For with each sip, mysteries are revealed and still more questions raised. Why number nine? Why indeed? So your typical pretentious beer label nonsense. Yeah, some typical uh, just flavor tax pontification. See, I don't know if I would pick it out as, as apricot off the nose, but definitely I'm getting stone fruit. I don't know if I've ever had a stone fruit. You've had a peach. Okay, is that what a stone fruit yeah, is? A, f- a piece of fruit with a pit in it. Oh, so like a okay. peach and apricot. Plum. Okay, then yeah, I've had stone fruit. <laughs> I was going to say, I Yeah, I didn't that know it's... that was a term for those. Yeah. 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 Huh. There you go. There's your education for the day. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so stone fruit, I do get some floral hop. Not really much malt-wise coming through on it for me. Yeah, really, it's kind of mostly stone fruit for me. I don't know if you're picking up much of anything else. I don't get much of anything off the nose. Just kind of a uh, just kind of a bubbliness, a oh. carbonation. And but when I taste it, I get the apricot or the stone fruit yeah. I guess yeah yeah and, and in the flavor definitely I can pin it down I think is is apricot versus a peach or something like that it's pretty noticeably apricot distinctive to me the uh, some the mainstay for me that's always been there and it's been there for the 10 years I've been drinking this beer has been the it's got a full like a fullness to it and that's one of the first things I noticed I was like oh this is a pale ale and that we're talking 2010, uh-huh. somewhere on there. It's like, this is a pale ale. I'm used to drinking these. It's real easy. But this has a fullness to it. It's got a roundness to it because it's got that apricot. It's it's not necessarily easy going down. I mean, it is, but it's a little bit fuller beer than what you would expect for a pale ale. Yeah, I think I, I see what you're saying. The, I think roundness is a pretty good term for yeah. it. In, in other words, with this, with generally with a pale ale, you've got a pretty light body beer. Got a little bit of malt. 
you've got you've got some hop, but you're really not talking about a lot of dimension. And this with fruit component just adds an extra dimension, adds a, another layer. So it does kind of round it out and theoretically is going to kind of marry the flavors between the, the hop and the malt and, and, and that. It's nice and light, a light body. I can see nice, easy drinking beer. What are we here for? Uh, oh, 5.1%. So that's pretty standard for a pale ale. I think this is pretty low IBU-wise. It's not, not, not a lot of bitterness here. When you really get into it, though, and I'm really smelling it, I get kind of a, uh, and this would be the fruit and the cobbler coming through, or mm -hmm. the fruit and the malt coming through, but I get kind of a cobblery smell mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely, like I say, I, I get some floral out of it as well, and, and that's definitely from the hop rather than, and I don't know if they're using apricot puree, apricot mm -hmm. flavoring. They're pretty secretive about what it is they are and aren't doing. It doesn't come across as artificial, which oftentimes in a fruit beer, yeah, it will come across artificial for me, and that is something I do not enjoy. Just just to put it out there, I'm not a big fruit beer fan in general. Yeah, I think it can be done very well, and it can be an addition to a beer if it's done in a subtle way, but what I find most of the time with a fruit beer is they want to make sure that everybody who drinks it gets the fruit and it mm -hmm. hits you over the head like a sledgehammer. I'm not a fan of that. Well, it seems to be something to try to sneak people that aren't into beer. Just yeah. like, nah, you, you like beer. This has fruit in it. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times it's to appeal to people that don't necessarily like beer. They're trying to make something for those other folks, which is fine. All beers have their place. For the most part, people aren't making beers that somebody doesn't like or they wouldn't keep making them. That's kind of what the show is about. You know, whether I like it or not doesn't really mean anything. It's... You know, if, if this is something you love, then mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's true to you. I often say, nobody can tell you what you see, smell, or taste. We've all have different senses, so that's part of it. So, yeah, so just because I may not like, and, and again, I'm not saying this beer has it, but you know, I'm saying generally I won't like something with an artificial fruit component, but some people may love it, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's a... Uh... It's made to me at least. It's maintained the taste for the past ten years that I've been drinking this beer, and it's not super easy to find in town. But for the past ten years, I've really enjoyed this beer. Yeah, and it's like it's not changed. Unlike Stella, which was the first lager, I learned to really like, and it just it's a completely different beer nowadays. Next time I come on, I'd like to do Stella just okay. because not because I like it now, just to but just to down. be able to break it down. Yeah, it's just it's not the same beer it used to be. And, yeah, but this is, and I think that's a feat in and of itself. I agree with that for yeah. sure. It, it, I think, really think, just from listening to you and, and your experience and your kind of affinity for it, what I would say is, in I'm going to say this and put words in your mouth and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Go for it. I would say this isn't necessarily your favorite beer. No. Or you, no. maybe you're not even saying this is a great beer. Mm -hmm. This is a beer you like. Yeah. That's really what it's about. You know, when I when I think of, for example, like a movie, mm -hmm. and I've used this example in other places many times, I love the movie The Last Boy Scout. Yeah. I absolutely love it. That's a good movie. It, yeah. No, no. It's not a good movie. I, I think objectively, <laughs> it's not a good movie. But I don't care. I like it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, I think those are different things. Those are often different things. What you like and what's 
can be objectively good or bad. Or take it to music, you know, how many times... I think there's a lot of things that, that we like or don't like that are subjective, but I think mm-hmm. music especially, because so many times music will just catch on a feeling. You'll be driving in a mood someplace, mm-hmm. and you hear a song, and you'll always like that song. Yeah, yeah. And it could be something that is kind of universally derided, or you'll take shit. Well, it's how uh, John Cougar Mellencamp has a career, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it just kind of seizes upon a feeling, and doesn't matter if anybody else likes it or not, every time you hear it, it just mm-hmm. gets you. And I think flavors, and in this case, beers, can really be that way. I know I, I definitely have some beers that I've got a soft spot because of the experience that I had with them. Not necessarily because of critically analyzing the beer here, mm-hmm. what it is or isn't. It's really more about the experience. Mm. And that can all be part of it, yeah? That's totally it. I mean, it, there's definitely a nostalgia component that factors into this beer flavor for me. Mm-hmm. And that's from my college days. But I mean, me and my buddy Brett, we would treat this like it was like... Because it, it still wasn't super available. We went to MTSU. It still wasn't super available in Murfreesboro. I mean, Murfreesboro is a small town. I wouldn't even call it a city. And we would have to go across town to get it. And it was like, I mean, it was like how people talk about, like, yeah, you want to go pick up some more weed? Something like that. It's like, hey, you want to go over to the other side of town, pick up some more Magic Hat? It was that sort of thing. And we would drive, it, we would partner up because it was a pain in the ass to get across Murfreesboro has Chattanooga traffic, but it's the size of downtown. It's a terrible little place. It's a great little place, but also a terrible little place. And we would have to drive to the opposite side of town, but it would take us as long as it would take to get to East Brainerd. Okay. And it was solely to get Magic Hat. So, But we made that special trip just because we kind of discovered the spear at the same time. And it was during that week of finals. And we were partying that afternoon, decided to try a craft beer and this one just it stuck just kind of hit the spot yeah it was perfect we were playing on some guitars and it just it hit the spot it made us realize this is what people are talking about with craft beer like it can have flavor and it can also do its job and i look at this and really think what strikes me right off the bat is gateway beer yeah for people that generally have only had exposure to kind of Mm -hmm. macros and things like that for beers this, I think, could be a pretty easy introduction into the world of craft, where it's certainly not super complicated, isn't all that different from, from mm. your macros. You know, it's not way way heavier, it's not way bigger, uh, it's got a lot of the, kind of the same, kind of, kind of body-wise. It just has that extra flavor, especially with, uh, you know, with, with that little fruit mm-hmm. component. So to me, this is just, yeah, it, it sticks right out into my head that... This could be a lot of people's introduction to, to craft, and then you go from there, and you find a lot bigger and bolder flavors and things like that, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, this one, you'll come back to this one and have those fond memories of it. Well, I mean, that's what got me going. I mean, yeah. I didn't know shit about beer in college. It's just, hey, it makes me feel good. I like drinking it. I yeah. like sipping on it, and this was the first one that I found where it's like, okay, there's a little bit more going on here. This isn't just mindless ingredients to make some moonshine or whatever you know it's just it's good right yeah i mean i think that's honestly a kind of a good description it's just it's a little bit more well i mean even on here their branding is not quite pale ale which is a good description it's not quite it's a little bit more than the pale ale a pale ale would be a little wimpier i think a pale ale is is probably going to have a a slight bit more hop character too than this which again probably 
makes this a good gateway beer and that it doesn't have mm-hmm. the hop character of a pale ale and that kind of that fruit kind of bridges that gap a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What, my question though, uh, it's Magic Hat number nine. Do they have a number eight? Do they have a number 10? I don't Is this know the just answer. a weird name they've I don't made? know the answer to that. My, my guess, I've always wanted this, and I've done some research. My guess would be batch number while they were working on it. Yeah. This is the one they hit on that they liked yeah. and worked with pricing and all that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't fully know the answer to it. Yeah, because honestly, if that was their naming scheme for all their beers, I think that's a pretty cool naming scheme. Yeah, but I, like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I can't remember like a number five or a number three or anything. No, so. I can't either. But you know, if they, it's like, no, I like number five. That's that's the stout or <laughs> yeah. whatever. I think that'd be a neat naming. Yeah, that is, to my knowledge, that isn't what it means. But I've been occasionally wrong yeah. before, so I guess it's possible. Yeah. Well, you got anything else you want to say about this beer? Uh, no, I, I don't think so, man. I, uh, it's just, it's, uh, over the years, it's become one of my favorite beers. I can always go back on it. And like I said, next time I'd like to talk about Stella because I, Stella's kind of the opposite side of the coin mm-hmm. there for me, yeah. the, the polar opposite coin of where that was the first lager I learned to like maybe red stripe. You could argue okay. that, but early Stella taste. I mean, it's, it's a like easy brewed lager. Yep. Like it's going to taste very similar mm-hmm. and it tastes very similar to red stripe. And we're talking 2008, 2009. And then Stella got bought by Budweiser or ABN Bev and Heiser Bush, whatever you sure. want to call it. And it's a completely different beer you're getting in here. It tastes more like Heineken. It just tastes like a nugget or it smells like a nugget of weed. And it just, it's not good. Mm. Like it's just been so a while next time since I've had on, one of those, but yeah. Yeah. Well save it. Next time I come on, I'd, let me bring a Stella, and you'll be disgusted. Yeah, we, well, we can we can explore it together yeah. at any rate. Have a bucket, because the last time I drank a Stella, <laughs> I almost immediately, just the recoil made me vomit almost. Oh, well, we just yeah. can't wait to get into that. Oh, we? yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. Uh, do you want to say a couple words about Brew Chat for somebody that hasn't heard of it before or hasn't heard the show? Oh, uh, yeah. No, nah, y'all have heard of it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, go check out Brew Chat. It's two Ts, brewchat.com. Uh, we do a weekly podcast. We're taking a break here in July, but by the time you guys hear this, you guys probably surpassed that. Yeah, so go check out Brewchat, two Ts, all across social media, brewchat.com, all that. Go check us out. Well, thanks, Tanner, for joining me, and thank yeah, you, listener. Pleasure. Thank you, listener, for joining us, and we'll see you next episode. Yeah. Take care, guys. Well, that'll do it for this show, everybody. I'd like to give thanks to Riverside Wine and Spirits for their help in acquiring the fine libations that we've tasted in this show. And I'd also like to give great thanks to the kids over at Brew Chat for their help as well. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can shoot us an email at sayyourtruthshow at gmail.com. And you can always follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at BrewTruth. All one word, BrewTruth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you next time.